Hallelujah. Amen. God ever done anything bad to you? No. Anybody? No. No, sir. You can't blame God for what goes on that's bad. Right. Amen. Having some good times. God has been good to us. Set angels in our midst. Bless us with the Spirit of the Lord. Bless us with the good Word of God. Amen. And it seems like we still walk in our carnality. Yes. God help us. Amen. Amen. I said God help us. Yes. And we just simply rise above that some way. Glad for our visitors. Yes. This is all your family. I, I don't they just simply get away from me. Sonia. They're not supposed to grow. And they're not supposed to get old. Amen. Charlie doesn't look old. Bad, but some way or other it just happens to us. We just simply get old. In spite of how much we hate the traces, it just happens to us. I want to read to you. We have been ministering on the millennium. How many of us, this is not a trick question, how many of us are aware that there is life after death? I mean that you're going to spend eternity somewhere. How many of you are really aware of All right. Some of you are not sure, but you can take my word for it. In the Bibles, you're going to spend eternity somewhere. And the Bible defines where we're going to spend it if we're a child of God. Also defines where we're going to spend it if we're not. Amen. It, it's in there. Hell is as real as heaven is. The devil is as real as God is. All right, but we've been ministering on that. How many know that you are in this world, and while you're in this world, your Christian life is going to decide your fate? Amen. How many of you really know that? I mean, really sincerely, you know that the life you live right here is going to decide your fate yes. and where you spend your life. I'm knowing this. Then sometimes wouldn't it be nice if we would just determine that we would please God a little more? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I'd like to ask another question there. Have you ever considered and gave any thought about the condition of your soul right now? Yes. That if you should go out into eternity, what would your life be like when the resurrection came? Yes. Would you have been qualified for heaven? And if you were, would you be able to have any of the benefits that's there? The good thing that's there for us? Well, we ought to be concerned about it because our life is a vapor and we could be here tonight and not here tomorrow. Right. And the way a tree falls, that's the way it's going to lay until the resurrection and that's the way we'll come up out of the grave. If we go into the grave with off against her brother and with venom and anguish and all of that in our spirit, we're going to raise that way. Amen, Brother Hosea. Yes. That's exactly the way we're going to be raised. That's the way we fail. And we're going to be judged according to that. And I pray God for a merciful judge. A lot of things is happening. We have been ministering on the kingdom of the thousand-year reign of peace. And this is for a purpose. Because there's dark days ahead of us. Yes. We're very soon going to enter into probably one of the darkest periods 
in church history and the church has seen some dark times. And the reason I'm ministering on the thousand year reign of peace is because we are going to have to know something about what is ahead of us as we endure the dark times. We're going to have to have something under our belt to be able to endure it. I want to admonish you tonight to begin to listen. You're going to be held responsible for the words that God speaks in the assembly that you are a part of, whether you're here or not. Amen. That sounds harsh and cruel, but it's so. Because God has placed us in the body as it has pleased Him. And what goes forth in the body you are a part of, and whether you accept by sickness or something like that, uh, except that you are... Uh, doing something that God wants you to do outside of that, or you're going to be judged whether you hear or whether you don't. All right, now, we're uh, probably closer to the coming of the Lord than we realize. How many of you are aware that Israel has elected a new prime minister? Yes. And that this new prime minister is against the giveaway program? Yes. Which means actually they could stand on the verge of war not very long before that, which gives way, of course, for the beast power to rise and compromise be made. And most probably when that compromise is made, the temple will be erected for the Jews and they will begin their daily sacrifice. And then problems will come a little bit later, which is known as the tribulation period. And that's another thing. We'll not go into that. Uh, but the time clock is ticking and Russia now is ready to go back to communism. The communist leader is gaining by leaps and bounds. And as we told you, when this happened, according to the Bible, they will revert right back to it. And this is going to be the slaughter of a lot of Christians that's emerged from underground. That's right. Russia is going to see a slaughter and a bloodbath because Christians have identified themselves and good old United States of America has helped them do that. They did a good job with an underground church. We have brought them out because we have proclaimed that communism has failed forever and we have ignored the Bible. Isn't it, isn't it, when you really look at it, I, I'm amazed at how Christian people ignore the Bible. I mean, in little things as well as big things, I'm amazed at how we ignore the Bible and yet we say we want biblical principles and we say we want to do what the Bible says and yet for some reason or other we just simply ignore it. Don't you think it's time we found Bible principles and stood on them? Regardless of the cost, regardless of the change in lives and change in our traditions, I think we need to seek biblical principles. But like I said, in spite of that, we led them to believe that communism had fallen, and yet the Bible declares all the time that Russia will be the source of contention before uh, the battle of Armageddon, and also she will be the source of it that brings the... Uh, uh, power of God down upon them after the thousand year reign of peace. They're never going to be a Christian nation. There will be Christians in it, but they're never going to be a Christian nation. And so we have some different leaderships, and by the way, we are scheduled to elect the president this fall. Amen. So we need to give some careful consideration and prayer as to what's going on in the world and how we are going to be affected by what goes on in the world and be concerned about not politics but God's word and what it says. 
need to start laying some things down that we have embraced all these years and fought for as far as political parties is concerned and find out who stands closest to the moral standards of God. So we are ministering and we will minister later on in some of the dark periods of those times if, if God permits. But it was purposeful that we ministered on the thousand year reign of peace to show you what God had prepared for us who love, serve, and trust Him. So that way, going through the dark times, you can look and say, yeah, but I know what's ahead. I know the rest of the story. I know what is involved for me. I know what is ahead for me. That way we can get a hold of the presence of God and realize He'll not put any more on us than that which we're able to bear. Amen. Amen. Begin reading at the 19th chapter of Revelation. battle of Armageddon is over. God is calling for the fowls of the air, the vultures, to gather themselves together to the supper of the great God. In other words, the vows of the wrath of God. God pouring out his wrath upon the ungodly. All right? It says that you may eat of the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and them that sit on them, the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast. Now this is an angel that has caught John up and he's showing him these things. I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that brought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image these both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the remnant that was slain with the sword of him that sat upon the throne, whose sword proceeded out of his mouth, all the fowls were filled with their flesh. And I saw another angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Notice that, and cast him into the bottomless pit, not into the lake of fire, but in the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loosed a little season. We'll probably deal with the reason that he must be some other time. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and the judgment was given unto them. I saw the souls of them that was beheaded for the witness of Jesus, for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their forehead, are in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead, that's the unrighteous, ungodly dead, lived not again till a thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Listen to what he says. And blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And then it says, And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, identifying Russia right there, 
Together them together to battle, the number of whom is the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about. And the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. In other words, they were living in a paradise where there was no army, no preparations for war at all. And this Gog and Magog comes against them and God fights the battle for them. And then you can see the rest of it where the enemy is destroyed, cast into the lake of fire where the beasts and false prophets are. And then you see a great white throne which is the judgment for the sinners and for all those that were ungodly. Remember, the Christians have already been judged at the thousand I have already been judged at the judgment bar of God at the beginning of the thousand year reign of peace. So we have some thoughts of this. We have studied the animal kingdom, how the animal kingdom is going to be changed and the wildness and all of that going to be peaceful individuals. We've studied the earth. It's going to be covered like a garden of Eden. We have studied concerning our bodies, which are redeemed bodies and changed yes. bodies. Amen. Body likened to the uh, body of Jesus Christ, which was able to enter into rooms without opening doors. Just snap his finger and he's going to be there. It looks like and sounds like a fairy tale, but it's not, saints. Amen. It's a redeemment Amen. of God. And it's the redemption of God wherein He gives us a new body likened to His glorious body. Not subject to sickness or death or any such thing. And then, talked about a government. Anytime God sets up a kingdom, there has to be a government. And with that government, there has to be rules and there has to be rulers. God had said that we could be a part of that. That simply is our choice as to whether we want to be or whether we don't want to be. So you see, we're entering into some momentous times. Few years of problems and trouble will decide where we will spend an eternity. A few years of God moving within us, motivating our lives, talking to us, ministering to us, telling us the necessities of our life to be lived according to His Word. All of those are going to end at our death or at the coming of Jesus. Yes. Whatever we are and however we have matured is the way we're going to face Jesus. Yes. And going to determine what portion of the kingdom of God we're going to have in it or if we're going to be there at all. Now we want to look in tonight and I need your attention because these things are serious. Yes. Certainly not a lot, well there is a lot for us to shout about, but you can't hear while you're shouting. That's right. Alright? So just keep your feet on the floor, <laughs> amen, and your mouth closed a little bit and your ears open and listen to what is going to happen in the kingdom of God. Now, we have uh, excerpts or uh, thoughts from other individuals. Some of these are not all mine. We have thoughts of George, George Otis, who wrote a book, The Millennium Man, a good book for us to get. We're going to be quoting from John F. Wilburn, which is, uh, talks about the Millennium Kingdom. Something concerning Jim McKeever who writes concerning the tribulation people. And when we get into some of the others, we'll be quoting things from other individuals who have written on these subjects. And some of these thoughts, of course, are mine. All right? I have a right to have a thought of thinking. Okay? And in seeking God, I, I agree with some of these things they say. And in the agreement of that, I bring them out and I want to read those to you. Now, we'll be dealing with a lot of Scripture in a sense, and uh, Scripture speaks for itself. 
But this man, John Wilburn, is president of the Dallas Theological Seminary, and he expresses his views on social and economic and physical aspects of the millennium in his book. And here on page 316 and 19 are just some excerpts that he says. Now follow me. The fact that wars will cease during the millennium will have a beneficial effect upon both the social and economic life of the world. Instead of large expenditures for arms, attention will no doubt be directed to improving the world in various ways. You see, we're going about and God will be using His church to improve our world. It's still in need of improvement. Even under present world conditions, a relief from taxation due to military expenditures would have a great effect on the economy. This coupled with absolute justice. How many are ready for absolute justice? How many are weary of man's idea of justice? Then you're going to have it in the kingdom of God. Because Jesus is going to be ruler and the redeemed of God is going to be ruling with Him. And they will have no injustice in their system. The world cries for that, saints. And we look to our courts for that. And the best they can do is man's idea, not God's. There are systems that men have to follow whether they want to or not because that is the justice system. And there will be a time Hallelujah, when man will have very little to say about it, it will be God's justice system. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for that. All the church of God ought to be ready for that. We look and say, it's just not fair. There's nothing in this world, satanically, as it is, that is fair. The only thing living in this world that is fair is the Holy Ghost and power of God and the initiation of His Spirit. That's the only fair thing there is. That's why we need him so desperately. If we're going to have a, uh, any part of the kingdom in this life, then we have to get it from God. And we have to get it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have to have God's kingdom law inside of us now to begin to initiate those things and stand against the powers of evil. So we're going to have absolute justice. Assuring minorities, but not only minorities, but everybody, government protection, and we're going to have crime reduced. It's going to be visited just like that. God's court system is immediate. They will be told what is God's laws and what isn't. And if they fail to obey them, God's judgment is on them immediately. Because He's a just God and He don't have to have a trial. Alright? So they're going to have that, and it's going to establish a social economic order far different than anything that this world has ever experienced before the millennium. Yes. Many of the prophetic scriptures, and I won't take time to read these, you mark them down, uh, are, are in Psalm 72 and Isaiah 11, and they testify to the unusual millennium conditions. Another important factor in the millennium is the fact that the curse which descended upon the physical world because of Adam's sin is lifted during the millennium. Alright? Isaiah 35, 1 and 2 says, The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as a rose. If there was ever any place, and you saw how much desert there is, and how much land that's not, uh, that's not tillable, and how much sand there is every place and how, how many places there is that is not tillable. One of these days when Jesus comes, 
when all these things are set in order, the desert will blossom as a rose and, uh, and uh, it will rejoice because it has underwent a change also. If you ever hear our earth shout, it's going to because it is going to be released from bondage also, just as we are. Hallelujah. You see it bending sometimes over the over what man is doing to it. You can stand almost sometimes and hear us cry at the atrocities of man upon this earth that God has made at one time beautiful and it also is under a curse. You see thorns and thistles when they ought to be flowers and beauty and all of this. Second verse it says, It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it. The excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellence of our God. If we read the rest of the chapter, it'll give us a little bit more in detail. Now we're going to compare Isaiah 30 and 23 with Isaiah 35 and 7. Isaiah 30 23 says, Then shall he give the rain of thy seed, that thou shalt sow the ground withal, and bread of the increase of the earth, and it shall be fat and plenteous, in the days shall thy cattle feed in large pastures. Now this doesn't sound too much like floating around up there someplace in a never-never land, wondering what room we're going to occupy in our mansion the next day. Doesn't sound like it. Sounds like God is going to do something with this earth that He created for us to be in, and it fell under the atrocities of Satan. Now, 35 and 7 says, And the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water, in the habitation of dragons where each lay shall be reed, grass with reeds and rushes, and we see abundant rainfall in this period of time frame. I'm going to have to worry about whether it's going to rain or whether it's not going to rain, whether we're going to get too much rain, whether we're not going to get enough. In other words, Satan still says, has some effect upon our weather. Amen. He can still do some things, but when this comes, this is going to be taken away from him, and the weather conditions will be completely under the auspices of Almighty God. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Get a little bit excited about what's going to be. And I've got a right to be. Well, I want to be there. 24th verse, now if you hold on to Isaiah 30 and 23, you read the 24th verse and it says, And the oxen likewise and the young asses that near the ground shall, shall eat clean provender, which is uh, dry food for domestic animals, which uh, has been winnowed or, or with the shovel and with the fan. In other words, it's going to have the chaff out of it, nothing there. Uh, when they did in the olden days, they'd use the shovel, they'd throw the grain up, and then they'd have a fan there and it would winnow the chaff out of it until there's nothing there other than pure thing. You see, though the curse of the earth, in a sense, is lifted, is indicated uh, still by the continuance of death, there's still going to be death during the thousand-year reign of peace. And it's going to be remain that way in some measure until the new heaven and the new earth are brought in. And new heaven and new earth, we'll talk about that later, happens after the thousand-year reign of peace. And it says, And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. There shall be no more curse. Two, how many? Seven thousand years almost, where mankind has lived under the awful curse of fallen humanity and everything that is fallen. And God said, When this happens, there will be no more curse, 
But the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. The land of Palestine, once again, with others, is going to be a garden. The world in general is going to be relieved of unproductiveness, which characterizes the great portion of the globe in our prior dispensation. In other words, starving children, as in Africa, as in Ethiopia, and other places where land is unproductive and where there is no rain, will not see that anymore because Jesus Christ is reigning it all and going to bring all of us to an end. No more starvation and no more death by that. Have no more murders and no more killing. Have no more rapes and no more harm. This is coming, saints of God. And we ought to shout hallelujah because he's going to bring it to pass. Glory. I said glory. And it's almost here. But we don't see some dark time. But friend, if we can get a hold of this and press that to her bosom and eat it and put it inside here, and let it stay there inside. And let it feed. We feed on that. During all these problems that arise in our life. You see, widespread justice. And peace. And spiritual blessings. And abundance of food. Will result in an area of prosperity. That our government has been trying to bring for a long time. But it's never going to come under the auspices of man. Man is never going to be able to bring peace to this world. The Bible says when they cry peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as a woman with child, and they shall not escape. And they cry peace, peace, and he says, and there is no peace. In other words, it is not in the ability of a mind of man to bring a peace to this troubled world. There's only one that can do that, and that is a prince of peace, and he's soon now ready to descend to get the job done. It's going to be his church that delivers Jesus out of the womb in the sky. So you can see why he's not here yet. Is that all right? You can see that there is really no deliverance yet. Amen. All of these things God does for us. And we're still bogged down with our little things in our life. And we still allow them to pester us and control us. Even with God doing the best He can in our lives and in our midst. We still stand in judgment. We still look with splendid eyes. And we still deny. And don't know and are not aware that it is God that looks down and that it is testing time and testing hour where God is looking to see how his soul is. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I felt that come back at me. God bless you. I hope you take it. Amen. Amen. I agree. You take it. Amen. Because it's going to be dangerous for you if you don't call that prophecy. Amen. Because it is. Right? There's a few scriptures that lead us to that conclusion. That there's going to be general prosperity. Jeremiah 31 and 12. Therefore shall they come and sing in the highest of Zion, and shall flow together in the goodness of the Lord for wheat and for wine and for oil, and for the young of the flock and of the herd, and their soul shall be as a watered garden, and they shall not sorrow any more at all. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Ezekiel 34, 25 through 30, 27 says, And I will make with them a covenant of peace, and will cause the evil beast to seize out of the land, and they shall dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. I will make them and the places around about my hill a blessing. I will cause the showers to come down in his season, and there shall be showers of blessings. Amen. And the tree of the field shall yield her fruit, and the earth shall yield her increase, and they shall be safe in their land and know that I am the Lord when I have broken the band to their yoke and delivered them out of the hand of those that served themselves of them. Joel 2, 21, 27 says, Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, you beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring, for the tree bears her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, Amen. for He hath given you the former rain moderately, and will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. This is a natural prediction with a spiritual connotation. And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the fat thereof overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the kangaroo, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army which I have sent among you, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wonderfully with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. And say hallelujah, my people shall never be ashamed. Let's give God a good hand. He said you're not going to be what we're supposed to be in the face of the enemy. And let's declare the salvation of God in our lives. And let's undergo whatever test He wants us to. And let's do it with the privilege of knowing that God walks with us through the fire and through the furnace and through the blood. And without any anxiety at all, we cling to the hand of the mighty God. And He wants us through that God and He delivers us. He said, Glory. I need to learn how to teach. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You like this? Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, what's not to like? I'm reading your scripture. I mean, if you don't like scripture, you've got a problem. Amen. You may not like my opinion, but when I read your scripture, it ought to grab you. I mean, it ought to challenge you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amos 9, 13, 14. Behold, the day comes, saith the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader grapes him that soweth seed, and the mountains shall drop sweet wine, and all the hills shall melt. I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel, and they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and drink the wine thereof. They shall also make gardens and eat the fruit of them thereof. Now what you've got to understand here is there's going to be a great catastrophe. Everything almost in this world, every nation is going to be involved, and everything in a sense is going to be almost completely destroyed. 
not only by the devil but by God himself and he pours his wrath out upon this world in vengeance there. Where will we be? Someplace safe in the presence of Almighty God. Bible says on a sea of glass where we stand and see and are protected as we can be by the power of God. Now, there's a lot of factors that produce poverty. Thank you, Brother Paul. Distress. Unequal dis distribution of goods. That's going to be non-existent in the millennium. Labor problems that we have in this world are going to be solved. Everyone is going to get a just compensation for his labor. In other words, they're not going to be rich factory bosses and poor laborers. All right? There's not going to be individuals that take almost everything that there is and build their kingdoms and build their money. Everything is going to be equal because God is going to have it that way. The world thinks they're going to bring that. And this new order that is coming up, in it is take away from the rich nations and give to the poor. And we are signing that. Did you ever understand just how many nations would be against us that wants our wealth? Amen. And we are placing ourselves in a position that they could just get it. Right. If there isn't a reconciliation with God someplace in our nation, we've got a big problem. One bigger than we realize it is. Let's don't float along, saints. Let's get a hold of something here and realize something has to be done. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We can't just come to Christ. Let Him forgive us of our sins and that's a necessity. Be baptized in His name and that's necessary. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Come and sit down and think we can just hop on way to glory and we're just going to fly away. In that notion, that's a foundation to build a building on. And God wants us to make ourselves known in this world. Well, many labor problems. Let's read what it says in Isaiah. I, I like this scripture. I guess that's why I quote it so many times. 65, 21, 25. And they shall build houses and inhabit them. And they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit thereof. Mm -hmm. In other words, everybody's going to have his own. Yeah, right. You can't build a house or get one and then somebody come around and take it away from you. Praise God. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, neither bring forth for trouble, for they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord from their offsprings with him, with them. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. I like that. Amen. Before they say anything, I'll give them that. Hallelujah. Why does he do that? Because he can see yeah. what we're going to need. Yeah. Hallelujah. He says, before they call the answer, and while they're yet speaking, I'll hear them. Yeah. Why is that? Because there is a spiritual Praise connection with God in the yeah. millennium that we don't have now. Amen. Hallelujah. Something the Spirit inside because we are fashioned like His glorious body. Yeah. And there's something in the Spirit that connects with our God immediately. And He knows what we're taking and He knows what we need. And He snaps His finger and there He is. No turbating in prayer. No living and testing and all this. All this has already been done. And God sees and knows where we're at. Amen. And before we call, He's going to answer. 
Hallelujah. And before we ask that the wolf and the lamb will feed together, lions shall eat straw like the bullock. Now you heard the old expression, the lion and the lamb lay down together. Well, that's not in the scripture. Amen. It says a wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and a lion shall eat straw like the bullock. In other words, like they did before the fall. Right. Amen. They were not meat eaters before the fall. They was, was nothing destructive in this world. And thus shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, saith the Lord. Upon a cross, living someplace where there's no destruction and where there's no hurt and where nothing actually happens, we're living. You see, the curse which creation has endured since Adam's sin will be suspended in even the animal kingdom will revert back to what they was. Let's read, let's just go back to Genesis 3, 17 through 19 and then we'll go to Isaiah uh, is this too fast when you yes, put these down? Is. Genesis 3, 17 through 19, and then Isaiah 11, 6 through 9, and then 65, 17 through 25. And here's what Genesis 3, 17 says. Slow down, Brother Holstein. We can't write that fast. All right. Genesis 3, 17. Everybody got that? Yeah. Well, I, the rest of them are bored, and just few of you is taking notes. All right? So, so I don't want to bore the rest of them. Okay? That's not so. I'm excited. Amen. I want to get to the next part. I know. I know. We're not bored. We just didn't bring something to write them. <laughs> All right. So, but I want to get to the next part. Okay. Now, what have you got? Isaiah, Genesis three seventeen through nineteen. Isaiah eleven six through nine. I didn't ask you to look them up. I just asked you to write them down. <laughs> Strike one up, you got me. And, uh, and, and Isaiah 65 through 17 through 25. Okay, now let's look at Genesis 3.17. And to Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened to the voice of thy wife. God help. <laughs> Just preach. And hath eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Now, isn't it strange, and, that, and God don't let me have to do this. Isn't it strange that we condemn Adam and Eve for disobeying an explicit command, and yet we feel real safe in doing it ourselves and receive no condemnation? Amen. Or do we? Oh, and it's just a thought. Yes. And the thought I would rather kept to myself. But it's a thought you need to understand. All right? But he said, Thou shalt not eat of it. And he said, Because of that one little incident. Well, it wasn't a little incident. It was a direct transgression against God's law. And again, we feel quite comfortable in transgressing them all the time. And we say the Holy Ghost will take care of it only if you repent of it and you're knowledgeable of it. That's right. That's right. Okay, that's enough for those calls. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. Yes. For your sake, Adam. Mm -hmm. 
In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it must thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto shalt thou return. The sad statement of a world that fell when Adam did. Oh. Mm -hmm. yes. And remains that way to our day. Yes. You're going to return should you not live till Jesus comes. We are to return to the ground because that's where we were taken and we're only dust and that's where we go. Yes. That did not happen until Adam's sin. That's right. And that was the curse of humanity and curse upon our earth and curse upon every living creature. Now, during the thousand-year millennium, Isaiah 11:6, the curse is lifted. Thank God. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid. And the calf and the young lion are fattening together and a little child shall lead them. Imagine a little child leading ferocious beasts. Imagine the peace and serenity of a place like that where you don't have to be afraid for your child. Where you don't have to be afraid to, to let them enjoy life. And the cow and the bear shall feed. Now the bear will kill a cow now. Yes. And all that's going to be in. The young ones shall lie down together. And again, another scripture, the lions will eat straw like the ox. And the suckling child shall play in the hole of an ass. And the weaned child shall put his hand in the cockatrice's den. In other words, poison serpents and all of that will mean nothing in that day. Right. Now we don't hear much about that, but in India people die by the thousands because of the dreaded cobra, and especially right. children. That's right. Now when you read that to them, they shout. Amen. Amen. Because they see a dreaded enemy yes. that God has made docile. Hallelujah. Yes. yes. They shall not hurt nor destroy all my holy mountain. I like this, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. There will not be one single thing about God and about His ways that His people redeemed and are ruling with Him will not know and understand. Amen. There will not be one question we will have to ask Him for He will reveal that to us immediately and the knowledge of the Lord will cover all the earth as the waters cover the sea. Amen. Wouldn't you like to see that day when they don't reject Him anymore and if they do, God will come down with fire and destroy them and the whole earth knows about Jesus. They don't know anything about Islam and they don't know anything about Hinduism and they don't know anything about all this. All they know is the knowledge of Jesus Christ and it covers the earth as the waters cover the sea. Hallelujah. Oh, Brother Hosko, that's a lot of fairy tale. Well, it is, the whole Bible is filled with fairy tale. If that's not a reality, neither is Jesus. If that's not a reality, neither is salvation. Amen. Amen. For behold, I create a new heaven and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. 
But ye shall be glad and rejoice yes. forever in that which I create. By behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing, her people a joy. Can you see why? Can you see why no nation must get a hold of Jerusalem? Don't you understand that that's where he's coming to rule from? He's always picked that in spite of where it's located and everything that's happened. This is to be the capital of the whole earth. Somebody going to be located in Washington, D.C. or in Moscow. It's going to be right there where Jesus always planned for it to be. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. You're going to be proud of it, saints. Hallelujah. And the voice of weeping shall no more be heard in her. Praise God. Now the voice of crying, for he says, I will wipe away all the tears from your eyes. Longness of life is restored. There shall be no more thence and infinite days. Not an old man that hath not filled his day. But a child shall die a hundred years old. But the sinner being a hundred years old shall be a curse. See, you've got to understand that coming into the kingdom of God on earth during the thousand year reign of peace is not only the redeemed who are rulers but people that are living and have lived during that Holocaust and the Battle of Armageddon come right on in to the kingdom of God. That's where our message starts. It's reaching the world. But the sinner, a hundred years old, shall be accursed, and they shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat of the fruit. They shall not build in another inhabit. They shall not plant in another eat. Pass that before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. Yes. And over and over it goes, and the wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock, mm-hmm. and the dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt and destroy all my holy One of the predictions, and we'll close with this, regarding the coming Messiah, was the healing of sickness. That's going to characterize his ministry. Now Christ healed a lot of people during his first but not everybody was healed. And most of the prophecies seem to point to the millennium. I mean, when we pray, then God will heal. Amen. 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 When we ask, then God will heal. Isaiah says, an inhabitant shall not say, I am sick.